Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Hi, and welcome to SEM Synergy. I'm Virginia Nessie, and I'm here with Mindy Weinstein, Rob Ramirez, and Bruce Clay. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. SEM Synergy is our weekly digital marketing podcast. It airs Wednesdays at 3 on Webmaster Radio, if that's specific. And it's available anytime from iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe over there or any other way that you subscribe to podcasts. Um, we've actually had a couple-week break because we've got a, some exciting announcements coming down the pipe soon, and we'll be sharing those with you. Um, and But in the meantime, the search, engine, the search industry keeps churning, and we're overdue to look at some of the recent changes happening out of Google. So here's our opinion of some stuff that matters for search marketers. Uh, I was cruising your Google Plus page, Rob, and I saw this e-commerce update that's causing some fluctuations. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have to be careful, right? There was no confirmed update, certainly by Google. Um, but this article in particular speculated uh, that the shift that they were seeing, the shift that was reported on all of the algorithm checkers, Mogcast, Mozcast, Algoru, you know, some of the uh, CERP metrics, I believe is the other one, um, and they all did report something happening uh, right around this date, uh, affected mostly uh, e-commerce sites and uh, the top uh, search terms with heavy traffic, kind of head terms that you would expect um, are dominated by larger brands, uh, kind of saw a little bit of a flux, uh, one position or two here or there, basically. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's kind of the long and the short of it. I mean, like I said, um, we definitely noticed those algorithm checkers showing a spike. Um, I can't say definitively that our clients experienced some kind of uh, drop uh, um, for, you know, some of those larger terms that we kind of pay very close attention to. Um, but certainly uh, Google's very interested in making sure uh, that for those top queries that the search experience and the SERP experience is the best it can be. So they're always tweaking, uh, and I think that's kind of what we saw here, where um, they, they were just shuffling uh, the results a little bit. Some of uh, the guys who maybe uh, hadn't earned their position up high, capitalizing on things like misspellings and the like, um, found themselves falling out of the top ten. Yeah, that was an interesting point in some of the articles that I saw was the typo traffic was a big was a big shuffle. Would it have had any correspondence to things like bounce rate or whether they are actually converting or not converting or time on site? Would any of those factors likely have been at play? Do we know whether that had anything to do with anything? You know, of course Google's been, mugs the word, right? We get no confirmation from Google that anything actually ever happened. Uh, although I believe a rep from Google uh, who Barry Schwartz had contacted indicated that it wasn't Panda, it wasn't Penguin. And that's about all he said. But certainly uh, we know for a fact that uh, Google is folding in more and more data, especially at the top uh, SERP results 
uh, of user experience, right? Um, you know, those, those bounce backs are a killer. Uh, we know uh, branded search terms, I imagine, when people look for you by name, you're probably going to uh, likely be attached to some of those head terms a little more strongly than competitors. Uh, so I have no doubt that those types of things are becoming stronger and stronger signals uh, because they can't be gamed, right? That's the other part that's, uh, that's good about it. It's very hard to uh, force thousands and thousands of people to search for you by brand. Uh, there's no way of faking that. And, uh, you know, Google has that data, and they are going to start leveraging it more and more, I assume. Uh, and that could be part of this, definitely. Well, there was earlier a, uh, a paper that I read where they hypothesized that one of the negative SEO strategies is a artificially high bounce rate. Sure. Um, I could imagine that if it was actually working, that that would have been at play here as well. The bounce rate could have been, but it's easily spammed. Um, I could see typos, but I would think typos would go contrary to Google's statements before, where they said, we don't care about syntax, we don't care about typographical errors, if we know what the person doing the search meant, we'll accept it. Sure. But if it's a website, maybe they just assume that even though a searcher might not know how to spell it, the owner of a website should. Sure. Mm -hmm. And maybe that had something to do. That's interesting because that's what I was wondering is a lot of times when you search and you misspell, Google has, you know, gives you did you mean, and it's always the correct spelling. So I was wondering how that would play into it. But if there's other things that they're looking at as well as the bounce rate and time on site, this, this would make a little bit more sense. I think it's good. I mean, user experience, that's what Google's all about. So it seems to go exactly with, with their direction. How does this fit into their expertness, authority, and trust, the EAT approach to uh, user experience? Are the sites that dropped less, less expert, less authoritative, less trusted? Is it, does it correlate directly to that? It does seem that uh, the initial winners out of this type of shuffle were certainly uh, the larger brands. And again, the, the, uh, the larger sites that people are searching, searching for by name uh, seem to win. Uh, E-commerce heavy sites that are large brands, the Nordstrom's and Macy's of the world certainly uh, didn't lose any visibility. Uh, they would have been reported on heavily if, if they had. And I certainly uh, manage clients that we work with uh, who are very interested and how those folks are performing. Uh, so it does seem like the smaller guys are getting squeezed out a little bit, um, and uh, those, uh, those larger sites are, are, seems to benefit from tweaks like this. Uh, again, you know, when, when a searcher is looking for you by name, it's, it's a huge vote of confidence uh, from Google. And, and to your point, Bruce, certainly uh, it is the type of thing that a negative SEO campaign could take advantage of or attempt to anyways, doing these types of searches, clicking on a site, going right back to the SERP over and over again thousands of times across different IPs. Uh, you know, that could be the type of thing that would definitely negatively impact uh, visibility and rankings um, in the long term. Uh, but there's just not enough research on, on how exactly that works, what it looks like, and uh, how effective it is. My quick review uh, during one of our sessions this morning when we looked at Zappos for winter boots, sure. we didn't type in Zappos, but they certainly ranked right. well for winter boots. So even if uh, perhaps the brand is not necessarily being searched on, the brand still wins if there's previously Zappos winter boots searched a lot. Sure. I wouldn't have thought people would. 
I would have thought they would go to Zappos and search for winter boots there. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, go to Amazon, search for the product there, which means there may have been a search disconnect between the brand and the keyword. But uh, obviously brands are winning, so there has to be some sort of authority signal. Now Google's been talking about their eat approach for quite some time. Perhaps what they did is independent of Panda and independent of Penguin. They may have finally folded in some for, sort of grading system for one of the variables in the algorithm that actually said, hey, your, your collective number is high or low, or your individual numbers collectively are high or low. I would think that sites that had typos wouldn't necessarily be trusted. <laughs> You'd hope not. <laughs> um, one other thing before we s uh, stop or pause for a break. Um, Google has been, well, there's a, they've added a new hacked page classifier for search results, and it looks like it accidentally has collected some sites in there. Uh, incorrectly, so it's giving a hacked site label when a site isn't really hacked. So I guess this is kind of a service announcement to check your site, make sure that it's not being misclassified. You can do that, um, find out more at google.com slash webmasters slash hacked. And there's a form that you can fill out if you do find that your site has been misclassified as hacked. Um, thoughts on hacked sites before we take a break? Well, we've seen a lot of people get hacked sites. Uh, a vast majority of the ones that we've seen are sites that had weaknesses in WordPress. Uh, the plugins had a, an update, but nobody knew to update their servers. Uh, WordPress is installed, downloaded at least 200,000 times a month or more, a quarter million, something like that. Uh, I would imagine there's a phenomenal number of people out there with out-of-date WordPress, so I would recommend that everybody go through the process of making sure that they're current. Hack sites are terrible. Uh, we've seen whole sites lose all their rankings because they've been hacked. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, WordPress is uh, the number one culprit in our experience anyways. I mean, everyone knows the directory structure of a World WordPress installed site. It's very important that you go through the uh, trouble of securing things and renaming some of those core files, making it a little harder for you to get hacked. And, you know, changing your password from some, to something other than admin, right, is probably <laughs> also important. Smart. You know, but uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you'd be surprised uh, some of the large brands, large businesses that do rely on WordPress as their CMS, which is, is fine, you just need to go through the extra uh, precautions because, especially when it comes to plugins and the types of vulnerabilities that can find their way into your site because of a, a faulty plugin or an outdated plugin, one that's not supported any longer. What does the process for updating your WordPress look like, or some suggestions? Like, how do you build it into a regular process? Mm -hmm. Is it a monthly thing? Is it tie it to some type of audit? Is it just every day somebody is assigned to look and see if there's an update? Well, first I think we need to just understand WordPress does automatic updates, but only of the primary plugins if the, if the plugin is set up correctly. The problem is some plugins use other plugins and WordPress doesn't know to update those. 
So I think that's where a lot of it is coming from. Sure, and and you can you can opt out of the automatic plugins, right? Some people uh, lay so much uh, with custom templates and custom implementation on top of WordPress, they're afraid that an update will break everything, and they like to do it themselves. Well, the important thing is you just are constantly monitoring that process. You know, you need to be on it on a at, at least a weekly basis because you don't want uh, a lot of these patches are security updates, and if you ignore it, you're you're leaving yourself vulnerable to a hack. You know. Another thing that's out there, uh, and you can't rely on Google Webmaster Tools to tell you when you've been hacked. Um, you know, you need to look at other things as well. There's a lag time between when Google will catch up and give you a manual action for a hack site and actually being hacked. One of uh, uh, the individuals we work with just recently had their WordPress installs hacked, uh, and it wasn't Google that noticed it. We noticed it when their index count skyrocketed through the roof, right? You acquire thousands of pages uh, really quickly. Uh, it le it's it's uh, indicative of, of a larger symptom that you need to address. And what we did in that particular case, and everybody should think about this, what we did is we emptied out the directory that was created with all these pages in it, but we left the directory there just in case they tried to rehack with the same directory name, and we just protected the directory against writes. So the directory name remained, but it was blocked for update. So you might want to think about doing things like that next time you go and clean it up. Just deleting the directory isn't going to prevent it from being created again. Exactly. Exactly right. All right. We're going to come back and talk about link building and some of John Mueller from Google's recent comments and an update to mobile SERPs. Stick around. More SCM Synergies on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. 
Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. So we are back, and the topic of conversation is link building. So John Mueller was asked, is link building in any way good? Because we know that uh, links play somewhat of a role in the algorithm, so people still ask the link building question all the time. So his response is, in general, I try to avoid that. And it's interesting because what he said goes along with what we've always taught is that you need to have a site that has something on it that people want to link to. So whether that's a, it could be an infographic, it could be a book, it could be a widget, a tool, whatever it might be, but it's something valuable that people are going to be attracted to anyway. But just even in my personal opinion, um, with link building, through the years of being in digital marketing, I've seen all types of link building. You know, the ones that are, you wonder, like, why would you even think that would work to the ones where it really should be? And how I think link building should be is really public relations. I've always thought that. If you have something that's valuable, so let's say it is an ebook you created, if you have something valuable, you put the word out there. You do social media, you do a press release about it. A press release the right way, of course. But you just get the word out there and let people know about it. You can tweet about it and let them discover what valuable information you have so that they do link to you. And when those links are valuable and they're on topic, they're relevant sites, that's where you see value. I think where people get in trouble is they still think that link building is, hey, I'm going to send an email out, a bunch of emails to different websites and see if I can get them to link to me. I don't think that works. That's, that's where I think you run into the problem. Well, the... <laughs> The concept of link building still today, I believe, is let's go post comments in blogs, mm -hmm. or let's go buy links, or let's still do reciprocal links. Those are the emails that don't work. I think that if you have content worth linking to, and it is appropriate for a particular site, a one-to-one -one contact is still the best way to expose it. Um, and certainly there are influencers socially that you can get the word to. Uh, you can still do press releases. Uh, we did one of our new tutorial, which is like double the size of any other tutorial out there. With it tools. was picked up with <laughs> tools integrated into the tutorial. Um, I mean, we tell you what to do and give you the tool to do it right in the tutorial. Well, it got picked up by Yahoo. We had doubled tr our traffic. I mean, it was really, really effective. But we did it through announcement, mm -hmm. not through what people think of as link building. Well, the first time I ever had anyone, and I won't say a name here, but I had someone actually like train a long time, this is how you do link building. And it was described to me in such a way that, oh, it's really great. You just grab your Red Bull. You sit in front of your laptop. <laughs> you just search for a bunch of sites, make an Excel sheet, put as many sites in there that are kind of on topic. Maybe not exactly on top of it, but close, and just send out a mass email. And I remember thinking, like, the way it was described, I'm like, that sounds, it was described as being fun. And I walked away going, yeah, that's not going to work. 
and um, long term it doesn't. But I agree with you, Bruce, on the one-on-one, if you get that email, and it even helps if you already know the person, you establish yeah. a relationship with that person, or even if you picked up the phone and called someone to tell them about something you have on your website, actually, do you know iPhones make phone calls? <laughs> Shocking. They do that too? They, they do. More than text? Yes. Shocking, I know. Um, but you can actually pick up the phone and call and say, guess what? It's just getting the word out there. That's how I view, again, link building. Getting the word out there, public <clears> relations, <throat> that's that's the good way. I think one of the best things that we folded into training is that we actually play the video that Matt mm-hmm. Cutts had about what is a paid link. And the general gist is if you influence by reward, and that's broad, I mean, I bought you a beer. I influence by reward. That is considered to be a paid link. You know? So it gets really fuzzy in the eyes of Google, even if it's on topic, even if they're an expert. It doesn't matter. If, if they believe through one way or another that this is a paid, manipulated link, you're evil. What he did say was that basically you build content that stands on its own and by merit attracts links, what we call link magnets. Mm -hmm. That is what they want. Yeah, and certainly in a post-Penguin world, right, any automated link building campaign is going to fail. I mean, it is what Google has spent their time uh, developing uh, safeguards against. Um, And, uh, you know, you want to be careful because... You know, a lot of people say, oh, well, links are dead. You know, Penguin killed links, this type of thing. Links are actually more important than ever, right? A good link, a quality link, a link from a valuable source that's on topic, on target, and earned by a website actually is worth its weight in gold, even more so now than it used to be because all of the all of the spam, all of those other links that were influencing things have kind of fallen by the wayside or certainly will give you maybe a sh- very short-term reward, but it's only a matter of time before you get hammered for, for doing it. So uh, certainly a good link is uh, as valuable as it ever was. So, um, you know, link, bu- link building certainly is dead, but uh, the, the use of links in Google's algorithm is never going to go anywhere. Right. The, if you believe that links let's say is 30% of ranking, right? And it it was generally felt that links were a third, on-page was a third, other factors were a third, performance and mobile-friendly, and things would constitute the other third. They didn't diminish it from a third. They just set different rules for what was counted, right? right? Mm -hmm. And it turned out that for years, links only contributed the ranking. Now the wrong links deteriorate ranking. And therefore, rather than just being a positive number, there's negative numbers involved. And therefore, we have to, in the link world, go through every link we've ever had and decide whether or not this is a positive or negative number. And if it's a negative number, we have to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. If it's a positive number, we want more of it. And the positive numbers are the ones that are hard to get. If a link is easy to get, chances are it's worthless. So link building for link's sake is off the table and it really goes back to user experience. Same as this next next little news bite that we'll share, which is um, if you've done a Google search on your phone lately, uh, the mobile results have gotten a, an upgrade with um, more fresh content from a single domain 
kind of being grouped together and uh, with a little carousel. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, you'll probably still see this if you do a search for Oscars 2015 on your phone. And you'll see like a bunch of articles from Forbes on the Oscars and then you can kind of scroll right there in the SERP all their articles as well as um, the Oscars website and maybe ABC, a bunch of stuff like that. So. That's a cool user experience Google just introduced on mobile. Imagine what would happen if everybody got used to seeing the carousel for really organic websites and then suddenly products started showing up in carousels. Everybody would be used to them. And I'll bet product clicks would go up. Clicks isn't the right word perhaps, but it would go up. and. Um, we all know when that happens, Google makes more money. So I would imagine there's some sort of cause and effect uh, orienting people to understand carousels more and not have them be so radically different. Good point. I mean, it really expands the real estate. Right. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the issue, right? On a mobile device, the real estate was so limited, right? It is so limited if you're, if you're just thinking of it um, vertically. Um, but uh, when you start to expand it horizontally, all of a sudden, you can certainly place a lot more content, a lot more links in front of folks uh, without having them have to scroll down, which is, you know, kind of death on a mobile device, right? Um, it also uh, pulls forward, you know, for branded searches in the, the Google article, the Google blog article that introduced this um, gave NPR as an example, right? Someone searched for NPR and the link to NPR appears at the top, but then a carousel appears underneath with all the latest stories kind of linked to there with, with complete with images and the whole nine. So again, uh, dropping people on mobile devices, not on a home page, but into the content that they were looking for in the first place is kind of the goal and something Google's going to be able to do now going forward. And it's still limited to mobile at this point. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think it can change a lot of experience. I don't know if this is going to hit, you know, tablets. I don't know if it's, you know, every size or how it's going to work. Uh, you know, responsive design is going to be at play even for Google. But you're right. It made this small width wider. Mm -hmm. And it provides a dimension of drill down without vertical scrolling. And that is, you know, swiping is easy and people will do it. And that is evolutionary, not revolutionary. And I expect it to really be a big play. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, that's it for this week's SEM Synergy. If you go to bruceclay.com slash blog, you'll see our latest newsletter, which is fresh off the presses. And uh, in that, you'll find some of these free tools that we were talking about. They're featured on the blog. You don't have to sign up or log in or give us any payment info. You can use run the tool on your own website or your competitors right from the blog. Um, so check that out. And in the meantime, we'll see you next week on SEM Synergy. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business -business radio and podcast network.
we welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.